0: Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of the Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges this podcast might be the most important thing you listen to this year. If you are wondering whether vaccines are safe, how you can spot the fake news, or why businesses should even be thinking about vaccines, then listen on. Professor Scott Ratzan and Professor Heidi Larson are two of the most experienced thinkers on the topic of vaccines the world has. Their entire careers have arguably been leading up to this point. Scott has dedicated his work to the communication of health issues. He is founding editor-in-chief of the Journal of Health Communication, International Perspectives. His CV includes organizations ranging from Johnson & Johnson to co-chairing the UN Secretary General's Innovation Working Group, for every Woman and Every Child, alongside Harvard Kennedy School. He is on the board of global health for the US National Academies of Science, Engineering and Medicine. While Heidi has focused much of her career on global health, human rights and social mobilization, she is currently Professor of Anthropology, Risk and Decision Science at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. She is also the Clinical Professor of Health metrics Sciences at the University of Washington. She has headed up the Global Immunisation Communication at UNICEF and served on the World Health Organization's SAGE Working Group on Vaccine Hesitancy. Now Scott and Heidi have teamed up. They have partnered because the only way for the COVID global pandemic and its horrendous consequences. To be abated is for people around the world, in really large numbers, to be vaccinated. Scott and Heidi are leading the Convince initiative. Scott, Heidi, welcome. Nice to be here.
1: Nice to be here indeed.
0: Well, thanks for joining me today. And I just wanted to start off our conversation today. Heidi, why? is vaccine hesitancy even a thing? Why is it so important to address?
2: Well, I think we need to address vaccine hesitancy rather than dismissing it, which has unfortunately been the case in a number of interactions with parents who, you know, some sometimes the hesitancy reflects genuine concerns. And by just addressing those concerns, it's a trust builder. And if we dismiss the questions and the hesitancy as being wrong or incorrect. It's a trust breaker. And that's really the bottom line with why it's important to listen and address it.
0: And Scott, bringing you in now, you've been working on something that's called Convince, but I wonder whether for those listening, whether you'd share a little bit more about what is Convince and why are potentially business partners important to the movement?
1: Absolutely. Um, Thank you, Katie, for for raising this important issue that really makes a difference also, as you mentioned, the business uh, side of this. So Heidi and I have been working on a variety of aspects for some time in terms of ways of building vaccine confidence to address the vaccine hesitancy that you just mentioned. And one area uh, that came through was the need for better communication, information, engaging, and listening. And as such, we had a series of dialogues with Wilton Park and Heidi and I thought about what was a way that we could continue to galvanize various populations and various sectors around the issue. So we came up with CONVINCE, which stands for COVID New Vaccine Information Communication and Engagement as a multi-sector initiative to garner interest and ongoing galvanized participation. Address the issue in multiple ways. One area that was front and center, while most of this has been done with political and public health interests and and groups in mind, was how do we get the private sector engaged? And hence, the business group through the U.S. Council for International Business got together and formed a very important arm called Business Partners to Convince that focuses much more on ways of getting employers, employees, and the networks of these organizations, the Chambers of Commerce. The organizations of employers, and others to understand the issue of vaccine hesitancy, to understand that there are ways to build vaccine confidence, and to figure out ways to both measure via surveys of where people might be in their companies and in their networks, but also ways of having some interaction with communicating effective messages and evidence-based approaches. So that's the background of Convince, and um, Heidi and I have worked also with Nancy Lee at Wilton Park to continue these dialogues and also to address this, not only globally, but also in regional ways. So we're happy to share that with um, Business Fights Poverty and also happy that Business Fights Poverty has engaged in business partners to Convince, as well as the broader Wilton Park Dialogues.
0: And Heidi... Bringing you in here, I feel like the reason why we're even talking about this, why we're even here is that there are so many uncertainties around COVID and the vaccines. It's happened so fast, we're in unmarked territory, but also there's been quite a lot of potentially misleading information out there. From your kind of expert perspective, where are we? What is COVID? What are the vaccine programmes actually look like? What should people be aware of?
2: Well, uh, COVID is a or specifically coronavirus 19, uh, 19 because it was identified in 2019, is an absolutely brand new virus that we've never seen before. And it's, you know, as we all know, it's traveled the world fast and furiously, and has not slowed down. In fact, we're seeing new variants and a surgence, which we expected in the winter months, because people are more inside, there there are groups of people closer together than in the summer and in the, the times of year where you're more outside and more distanced naturally. And so while we are expecting more cases in the winter, it's really been even more than we expected. And good timing to have identified at least two and probably more vaccines that have been gotten emergency approval In record time, really. And not record time, record time in the development process because it's new technologies that have allowed it to be developed fast. Also, while these are new vaccines, the the platforms and approaches are not brand new. They've been worked on for a while. But for the public to know, the safety measures have not been shortcut. So it's absolute incredible timing that we have these opportunities with these new vaccines. Because we're at a crucial point in the pandemic and we really need to rein it in so it doesn't kill and and really it's an incredibly debilitating virus that we also don't know how long the symptoms last. We've seen phenomena called long COVID, where months and months afterwards people still have neurological um, heart, other symptoms that are not even respiratory, which is how the virus starts. So we're in a very difficult time, but it's also an exceptional moment where we can really, like never before, demonstrate the value of vaccines.
0: I want to probably a bit further on that kind of the value of the vaccines versus the risks involved in potentially the vaccines area. There's potentially a bit of public kind of anxiety around as you said something that's been developed super fast is that anxiety unfounded is there anything that people should know like what would be your advice to people
2: well i think it's it's absolutely reasonable for people to be hesitant about something new and particularly uh, this is faster than any vaccine we've known in I mean, in modern times well actually ever since the first vaccine But I think we haven't done a great job as a public health and scientific community to be explaining why it's been fast. There's been a lot of headlines. It's, you know, for politically, it's great when things are fast, even scientifically sometimes. But we haven't really done a good job of explaining to the public why it's faster. You know, we characterized or the global health community characterized the vaccine much quicker than Normally, historically, because of new technologies. Some of these new ways of making the vaccines are again because of new technologies we didn't have before. But again, we have not, as a scientific community, shortcut the rigor of the trials. Hundreds of thousands of people have taken the, you know, across the various vaccine trials, hundreds of thousands of people around the world have taken these vaccines and put themselves first. To be able to prove for others that they're safe and effective. And we should thank them, actually. So, the part where I do understand people's concerns and where we will need to watch very carefully is what they call post marketing surveillance. And that is after vaccines are approved and once they get distributed to the public and they're going out to a lot of people, it's these longer term potential risks and and they would be rare because usually if you see any immediate reaction to a vaccine we would have seen it by now or any serious reaction which we haven't across these vaccines that are that have made it to phase 3 so that's a good thing but i do understand some people's concern that well maybe i have some kind of i'm one of that those very rare cases where you know i might react to the vaccine differently than others so but that's really why we need heightened safety monitoring as we saw there've already been a few cases of people with i think it was in the us six people out of nearly 250,000 had had a, an allergic reaction anaphylaxis and which was you know they had the right treatment there to stop the reaction but it was due to Those individuals had an allergy to a specific kind of allergy. It's not for everyone with any allergy that's going to have that reaction, but they they had a specific type of allergy. So that's when you say, okay, we need to pay attention to this. And they immediately, Pfizer and, and Moderna, have added indication on the guidance that, you know, this, okay, this should not be recommended for people who have allergies to X, Y, and Z. So in that sense, we, we are carefully monitoring, especially given how many people will be vaccinated, because it's inevitable that there will be coincidental things happening also that are not related to the vaccine, but seem to be.
0: Thank you, Heidi. And Scott, I want to bring you in at this point, because we want to talk about businesses mm. and why businesses should be part of this sort of thinking about the vaccine and how, whether their employees are sort of getting engaged with it, etc. What are the big questions that you're hearing from companies, the concerns that potentially they're um, hearing from their employees?
1: First, I'd like to say what Heidi articulated it very well, that this is a big challenge, one, to understand that COVID is real, that there are personal protective measures that you need to take whilst you're waiting for a vaccine. And whilst you might not even have access to a vaccine yet. So there's there's a lot to do both on the front end of people understanding what it means to bring a vaccine to market and also ways that we talk about it. We've been using terms that most people don't know about even bringing any medicine or vaccine to market with phase three and antibodies and antigens and a lot of different terms that now people are worried about. Even post-marketing surveillance and sometimes phase four, we call these trials, get in the way of a regulatory thinking rather than necessarily thinking about what we need to know to make a decision. So there's that kind of challenge that businesses need the same kind of frequently asked questions answered in ways that they can understand from a business perspective and their employees can understand about what to do and what they need to know. So we are hearing quite a bit about the interest in why I would be Eligible or not eligible to get a vaccine in the early phase. That's part of this equity discussion now is there's not enough vaccine for everyone. So is it the, uh, the health community first? Are they first responders? Are they elderly? Are they nursing home uh, residents and so forth? So there's that kind of discussion that's going on. Then I think what we will have are some of the challenges that we face, that this is not like a, a flu shot where you can do a, a drive-by or a walk in and walk right out. You still might have to have the 10 minutes afterward or 15 minutes depending and also put a system in place that this currently is a two dose regimen that if you have one of the two one is 3 weeks apart the other one's recommended 4 weeks apart that it's not just getting the first dose but it's also monitoring in the meantime if there's any side effects some side effects that are expected such as a fever or perhaps some pain in the 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 arm generally where the jab is and also to remind people to come back for that second dose That's going to be quite important and also to to have the follow through on that. So businesses are looking at different places they could put in place, uh, what they might need to know not only on the distribution, but also to communicate with their their employees and the appropriate way to do this, whether it be at the worksite. And since people are not going to the worksite by virtue of uh, the pandemic and inability for both travel and other places, there's going to be other logistical challenges that are not normal. And let me just say sort of the final piece that we're finding in our surveys and, and Heidi and and um, our folks in, in New York and, and other parts of the world, we've been doing a 19 country survey and we've shown that there is a, a wide disparity of people's unwillingness to get a vaccine. And when you drill down, you also see a number of people in the middle age group that frankly might not have had an adult vaccine for some time, but also don't have this same habitualized approach to whether it's getting a seasonal flu vaccine or others so there's an extra communication element that businesses need to have involved to to get people to realize that this vaccine also links to their life in different ways than they might have thought about other vaccines for their kids or in some cases for their their parents or spouses or even themselves if they're you know recommended age for seasonal flu so there's a lot of different challenges and companies are trying to understand let me just say the last piece is the way to better understand also is to have a, a survey of employees and um, to try to un- understand where they are. And that's where I think business partners to in and others are trying to get data to help understand the issue that's not the same everywhere and also depends on the type of business and the scope of your where your employees are and what they're doing.
0: And why specifically, Scott, do you think business should actually sort of lean in and take action on this rather than just sort of sit back and think, oh, well, civil society or the healthcare system should be leading this?
1: Sure. Well, we just had a multi-sectoral meeting yesterday with Convince. And let me say that it was very interesting that the groups all wanted to do something and the public health and academic medical folks thought they knew what to do, but they didn't have all the parties engaged, at least in the United States. As insurance is mostly linked to employment, businesses even have a stronger role of, um, one, they should be able to guarantee the vaccine is available and at no cost. Two, they have to give the confidence that this is the right thing to do from the CEO or president all the way to the line worker or someone who's even perhaps a part-time worker. Also need to figure out how they can get to the level of 80% of their employees vaccinated so they have confidence that they have a workforce that's protected and then also linked to their supply chain and their customers. So there are so many different challenges and business is not getting, and I'm speaking even locally, the leadership that they need from government alone. So like many ways, we have to figure out a way to work together and um, have the appropriate groups take charge and have the ethical... Compass in place to do the right thing for their employees and their customers and the communities where they live. So that's where we believe that business partners to convince will have an integral role. There are not as many organized business groups together to work on this. There are a number of business groups in the health side that may be organized, but um, we need to get all parts of business and private sector engaged. We're all in this together, I think Heidi said at the outset, which is a scary part that this pandemic will not go away on its own despite what some politicians might have said, it also will not go away without great innovative thinking and all hands on deck together. And that's why we've elected, myself having worked in in major corporations around the world, as well as working on on multi-sectoral integrative projects, including using new technologies, much like Business Lights Poverty does, we need to do that together. And hence, we're happy that Convince has been able to bring people together at this point but this is a journey, and uh, we'll have to keep working with a lot of the, the great ideas and evidence and experience that, that Heidi and the Vaccine Confidence Project brings, as well as you know, all of us who understand customers and communities and how business works. So, lots to do.
0: It really feels like we're at the sort of next stage of kind of global heavy lift. You know, when the global pandemic was first announced, there was this amazing rolling up of sleeves organizations, people, cross sectors coming together and really, really helping one another and, and staying super focused on the kind of goal of, of immediate health support and supporting those who are suddenly finding themselves in completely different lives. But then it feels like we've been on a bit of a kind of holding our breaths, treading water. It's all been a bit strange, but now is the time to really roll up sleeves again and, and lean in, collaborate and, and work together
1: You know, I certainly think so. I mean, it has been record pace and Heidi has well stated record pace, but not without cutting corners on safety to get a vaccine approved, but getting a vaccine from the bench to the vial into arms of enough people and having the immunity that it will hopefully confer with the appropriate dosages and distribution is a whole other challenge. And you're absolutely right. Now is the time more than ever, not only to plan, but to be able to communicate the the value of what vaccines bring and the values of what we all can do together. So there is no more important time. We won't have another pandemic like this for the next hundred years around the world, but we have had some success stories in different parts and we need to build upon that. And we don't want to be having this conversation, you know, five years from now that we failed. We don't have a, failure is not an option. So how do we get together to, to innovate and to get to the vaccinations out that we need to?
0: And building on that point, Heidi, how do we do it? So in terms of companies collaborating, this is Business Fights Poverty, the sort of name of this podcast, for those who are listening to this podcast and this conversation, how can companies, individuals within those companies take action, build that sort of collaborative piece, share information, like what should people be doing?
2: I think as Scott also mentioned, I mean, on the one hand, you're an employee. On the other hand, you go home to families and communities. You have hobbies. You have other social groups. So the idea of business fights poverty is that business and the and the employees involved as a group take the initiative, first become kind of a learning hub, a node, and then you know have can become in their own way kind of civil society. <laughs> well, they are civil society. It's um. You know, once once you leave work, you are a citizen. So I think that capturing both, it's another entry point. I think we shouldn't see it as, as just businesses for business sake, which, of course, it is one of the benefits. I mean, obviously, an employer wants to keep his employees healthy and productive because it's in business's interest. But there's another element of this, and we've seen this in, in research, that people work for companies, if someone is offered a job in two companies that are pretty much the same terms of the offer and most other things being equal, they will tend to pick the company that they feel better about, that has some kind of social cause, or there's something about it that they would be proud to work there. So I think we shouldn't underestimate the value of that kind of feel good pride that people have in a place they work and for them to feel like, you know, we're shut down, it's difficult to work, you know, our working conditions have been difficult. But you know what, we can play a role in getting ahead of this pandemic. And I think this gives an opportunity for employers to do that kind of thing. To, I mean, I I think also there's been a number of airlines that have encourage their employees on on effectively the staff time to be engaging because it's in, in in their personal interest, but it also gives them a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose beyond. So I think we should remember, not forget that emotive and value-driven part of businesses and the employee base.
1: I'm going to I'll break in here and really, Heidi, thank you for bringing that up. And it's, it's interesting, Katie, that before Even COVID hit, Heidi and I did a study group at Harvard Kennedy School when I was a senior fellow in the Center for Business and Government, talking about vaccine confidence. This is before COVID and the importance of companies to have a role to play in that. They are trusted messengers to many of their employees, as well as their peers in the community. They're giving, whether it's presentations, they have their own groups, as we said, with these um, business networks, chambers of commerces and so forth. How do we get them more involved? And I think that Heidi's point is so well spoken that it's not just the the ESG that we've already already come up with new acronyms for all these, but the sustainability of business, the corporate equity, or the equity that could be built with business for them, their families, their partners, where they are in society, as well as responsibility, and not even to call it corporate responsibility, it's societal responsibility. And nothing is more important right now than addressing the pandemic and getting back to a way that. The world was operating in terms of even the way people do business, but the way we live. And I think Heidi's point is so well taken that people are making decisions based upon their role of what their employer does and also how they feel about uh, what their employer is supporting. And uh, vaccination is really key here. And that's what we're also hoping with business partners to convince. But even more importantly, with convince across the board, all sectors need to have the same kind of responsibility. And build a social equity that you know we could feel proud of. That vaccination, that's been around since the 18th century, is part of our um, our ways that we can live and be protected. And it's uh, appropriate to do that today, begin today, and continue tomorrow.
0: Thank you so much Thank to you. both of you. And just to round things off, so for anybody who's listening to this podcast, where should they go to in order to find? Further information, I can put the links into the words that sit alongside the podcast itself, but um, where should people head to or what should they look up on their search engine?
1: Thank you for putting links in. I know um, the Vaccine Confidence Project, Heidi, has um, a great resource for both information and knowledge, but there's a particular place with Convince. Business partners, to Convince, will have a link as well, how others can join on at all sorts of levels. This is not just multinational uh, corporations. And there'll be other ones that we could provide for you. More importantly, I think, as as Heidi said, we need to continue to pay attention to the information that's out there. Also, while we haven't spoken about it today, we need to set the record straight when there are misinformation or disinformation that's out there that threatens the whole success and fabric of society by not getting enough people vaccinated to a level that we have the protection that we need. So we will provide some of those resources. I know Heidi might have a specific URL to share orally, but we are in the process of of making those where they're both user-friendly and and valuable to also download information that can be shared at multiple levels with um, employees and throughout the different sectors.
2: Yes, the web uh, link is www.vaccineconfidence.org, and you can just search Convince there and we have a page for convince and we'll be building that out and and actually bringing it up to the home page once we get we're re, redoing the website but for now there's some of the basic information is there
1: and there'll be one also for business partners to convince.org that we'll we'll get that to you as well Katie and, and ability to share uh resources as well as the survey Nobody has to develop something from scratch. I mean, there's been sentiment that Heidi's been measuring for a long time, the Vaccine Confidence Project, but we're going to try to get snapshots of what employees are thinking in 2021. And uh, this kind of opportunity will be available for all of your network of business fights, poverty, and others as well.
0: Amazing. So for everybody listening, I will put those links into the words that sit alongside this podcast and make sure that we update it as we go along. Scott, Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about such an important topic. And I'm absolutely convinced that that we will um, stay- That's
2: why we picked it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> stay really closely in touch. And for anybody listening, please go and check out that website. It's super important that you are all sort of up to speed and have the facts. Thank you, Heidi, Scott. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Thanks Katie. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us I would also love to hear your feedback, so please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business
1: Fights Poverty.